Welcome to Scale Your Business Radio with your hosts, David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman. I'm David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman here today on Scale Your Business Radio. Jeff, right now we're going to be talking to our listeners about growing a manufacturing business. I'm smiling here because we're going to start off with something very counterintuitive. Most people think, oh, okay, we're going to talk about how you can scale the actual operational part of the manufacturing business, the part where you're producing more. How do we get the capital to get more machinery, more space on the floor? Um, Yet I'm going to actually start us off with the sales aspect because I see from a lot of the manufacturers that we work with that where they do a, a really difficult job and they don't do it as well initially is they have no real system for actually doing their lead generation and their lead conversion. They don't really have a real well-trained marketing effort, nor do they have a way of having their sales force be trained to generate the consistency in sales that would make it more predictable for them to make the investment for all the capital-intensive equipment for them to grow and scale, whether it be capital-intensive for more staffing to produce or for more equipment for them to buy. So let's start off here with this idea so that they can grow their sales and marketing systems. Why don't you start off with some initial thoughts on the sales and marketing systems part for a manufacturing business? Well, you hit on the key word there, uh, which is systems, uh, because there don't tend to be systems. What we see, and many people in manufacturing are habits, uh, they, they, you know, the way they sell and the way they approach the market is still, in many cases, kind of old school. You know, I know this is going to sound silly, and I don't want to defend anybody, offend anybody, but just the fact that I sometimes even still hear the word Rolodex, right? Well, the concept is right uh, in, in terms of leveraging your network. There are people that still think in the old Rolodex way. Uh, they, they focus less systematically and more people that they know that they can call on, maintaining, that, you know, again, those old contacts from the Rolodex. It's kind of the... I see a lot of people that are in the kind of go have lunch, buy a round of golf. All those things are important, but they're not systematic. They're not an analysis of the market, of the opportunities. They're not tracking uh, what you've done for specific clients, what they've produced, what you've produced. They're not predictive at all of what the next opportunity is, when is the right timing, especially when you talked about things like capital and growth in manufacturing. Uh, it's not obvious at all when you should start those investments. Uh, and, you know, all of that, uh, again, is a much more systematic look at the sales process and at the performance of the sales that you've made and at the predictive nature of finding where those next sales are and when is the right time to talk to, you know, which customers. You know, I was talking with this with a guy by the name of Mark who owns a chemical manufacturing company, and they're probably in the, you know, somewhere in the $1 to $20 million a year range, somewhere in there. And Mark was sharing with me that in the industry – that a lot of the sales forces are now in their late 50s, 60s, and late 60s. And so he's seeing this with a lot of his competitors in the, in the industry that uh, they're wanting to exit, the business owners who own the company, they're wanting to sell their businesses. And one of the things that a buyer is getting scared of is that the sales force, whether it be one outside salesperson or, or a dozen outside salespeople, have, have gotten to a place that they're going to be retiring soon, which scares them because there is no underlying system. It's just the relationships because a lot of the sales in that industry have been kind of more account management types of sales because it's a, it's a, 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 a consumable that gets sold and sold again and again. And one of the things I'll mention is the more you as a business owner can systematize through that sales process. And so here's three tangible takeaways for you right now. Number one, 
the first thing I'd share with you is map out what your sales process actually is. Literally make a diagram. We share this in Chapter 7 of Scale, but even if you're not in Chapter 7, you can literally make a box that has every step in the sales process be another stage in that box. And a lot of manufacturers sell you know, through requests for proposals, that RFP process. Others are going directly uh, and actually working one-to-one with a prospect or a customer that they're trying to resell. Whatever that is, start that process. And if you have more than one sales process in your company, map it out. Step two says, every time I connect one box, one step in that sales process to the next step, that's a conversion point. And I'm going to measure how many people came into that first box and how many people made it from box one to box two. And that gives me some real useful information. And here's the most important one. When you've done this, start with one conversion point first. So if I've got the following three conversion points, right? Conversion point one is I've gotten an outside request for, a, uh, for me to give an RFP for, a request for a proposal. So I've gotten that lead. Step two is I prepare that proposal and submit it. Step three is I do my follow-up to hopefully win the bid, win the proposal for me to be doing the manufacturing or to sell the product or the product that I've got there. And so I might say, hey, I get you know, 10 bidding opportunities for my company per month, of which only three of them do we actually submit proposals for that meet our criteria, of which one we get and win the business for. And so I can ask which one place would be the highest leverage conversion point to start with and work on that one conversion point for the quarter and do one thing that's smaller better first before you try to redo and refix everything. You've probably seen business owners like that, Jeff, that try to change everything all at once and get nothing done. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the, that first of all is excellent advice, David, because systematizing those boxes, thinking about it visually the way you just describe it, Having those boxes that define the process when we're asked to make proposal, the first review of the proposal, maybe there's an RFI, then there's an RFP, then there's a first review, then there's a final presentation. Whatever those steps are, it's really important because what a lot of people say at the end is we just didn't get the business. But you have to see where in that process it broke down. What part did you miss? Uh, just like you said, and you can't do that until you go through that systematic approach of saying step by step where are we losing things where are where are we you know at what point does it break down where we stop most frequently we never seem to get to the final presentation then the step before that must be the one that we need to really focus on so i think that's really good advice to take that box to draw those boxes out walk through the process track real results and try to see where your weak point is and I'll say this, Jeff, it's interesting, especially if you're, you're having to manufacture on a contract basis for somebody, one of the biggest leverage points is going to be the choice of which market to go after and the criteria of what you will and won't bid for. You know, one of the, the, the clients we work with in our coaching program, uh, Brian and Marge Thompson own an aerospace manufacturing company, and they make you know, millions of dollars of parts a year for aerospace, mostly for subsidiaries of Boeing, you know, Spirit and some of these other subsidiaries. And... It costs money to bid. People don't think about that. When you answer a proposal, you might have a couple thousand dollars or ten or twenty thousand dollars, depending on how much engineering time or, or how much effort you need to have to gather all your, your numbers together for that. And if you try to bid on everything, that's a mistake. So I think one of the key leverage points would be in a sales process would be choosing what to go after and what to let go of so that you're going after the right things. 
actually, uh, you know, there's there's a place that we took that even a step further that we advise a lot of clients to do, and we learned this talking to a lot of companies yeah. in this space, and and that's uh, that's developing a, a sort of a sales analysis filter. So it's two step process. The first step is saying if you look at your best customers today, the ones that you sold that you're most happy you closed that sale because certainly there's some at the other end deals that you bid on, you won. You sold, you delivered, and later you wish you never had that customer. Then at the other end are the customers you could wish you could have 10 like that. What are the attributes of the perfect customer for you, the ones that you wish you had more of, so that when you list those attributes, when you're in the sales process, the first question you ask before we bid on this new job, does this look like one of those customers we're going to regret, a deal that we're going to regret having, or does this fit our design of what a really good customer is for us that we know we can deliver and make money on? So we developed kind of a score sheet that says, what does the best customer look like? And therefore, there are times where you actually, like you said, not only is it expensive to bid on every job that comes along, but sometimes, even though you could, even though it's not the cost of bidding, you may not actually want that business. You'd rather focus your efforts on trying to land a completely different customer because in the long run, it's going to be a better customer for you. So the concept there is developing kind of a sales score sheet that models the attributes of what kind of customer or business you're really looking for. And I'll give one more building on that, this idea of when you know who your best customers are. Don't think that you always need to go find out brand new people. Uh, we gave some advice to Chad, who owns a manufacturing business that makes glass, uh, decorates certain glass. It's called Ceramic Decorating Company. And the, the concept is called a, 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 a reactivation campaign. Those customers who used to buy from your manufacturing company, but for one reason or another, stopped. And so he had a salesperson who was doing probably about thirty or $40,000 per month uh, in business. And just this one idea, she actually had her best month ever. She picked up an additional $70,000 of sale within the first 60 days of applying this reactivation campaign by calling back through past customers, which it sounds so obvious, doesn't it, Jeff? But so many people don't do what's obvious, calling up these past people who used to do business with and just checking in, hey, what can we do that would serve you? How can we how can we generate more value for you? I think that's exactly right. Even though it's not manufacturing, in the book Scale, we tell one of the stories of a uh, company we work with that sold sand. And instead of constantly looking for somebody else to sell sand, sand to, we, our advice to him was, why don't you go ask the people you already sell to if there's anything else you can do for them or sell them before you walk away. And it turned out they were able to, to generate a bunch of adjacent services to their already existing customers that were way lower cost to implement than it was to bring on brand new customers. <laughs> All right. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to be talking about scaling your online businesses, how you can grow your online businesses. Jeff, you, you wouldn't know anything about growing an online business, would you? <laughs> Maybe just a little. <laughs> Maybe just a little because I look at the – the half a dozen businesses you've scaled uh, in this area. And so it'll be a great segment here. Stay tuned with this, listeners. I'm David Finkel, joined by my co-host, Jeff Hoffman. And you're listening to Scale Your Business Radio on WSRadio.com, the worldwide leader in Internet talk. We'll be right back. 